Welcome to The Queerness, an LGBTQ podcast produced by San Francisco Pride from our studios overlooking the most beautiful city in the galaxy. I'm your host, Peter Astrid Kane, and I use they, them pronouns, and I'm the SF Pride's communications manager. In this episode, to my delight, and hopefully theirs as well, we're hanging with Tom Polino and Ashton Novella, members of the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, an international standard bearer for a powerful mix of musical excellence and mission-driven activism. Founded in 1978, the 300-member SFGMC was the first choral organization to courageously proclaim its orientation in its name, and is credited with helping start the LGBTQ choral movement that now spans the entire globe. Also, in the in-person before times, San Francisco Pride held our board and membership meetings inside the National LGBTQ Center for the Arts on Valencia Street, the former Baha'i Temple and Art Deco masterpiece that's also SFGMC headquarters. In addition to their vocal work as an upper baritone, Tom is also the district director for assembly member for David Chu, whose district covers roughly the eastern half of San Francisco. Ashton, who uses they, them, and she, her pronouns, is a music teacher at the Phillips Brook School in Menlo Park. Tom, Ashton, thank you for being here in The Queerness. Glad to be with you. Thank you for having us. First of all, how have you rehearsed during the last 17 months? How is that possible? So one thing we did was have Zoom meetings to kind of just talk how things are going, updates, and then it was, here's your song, go practice it with these tracks and then go record yourself. And when you're one, not in a studio and two, not a recording artist, it's very tough. For example, I had to record in my bathroom because that was the only space I could have quiet. So it was one of those things where it was like, okay, you're on your own. Here's the date we need the tracks. If you need help, we can supply that. Otherwise, good luck to you. When you say record in the bathroom, do you mean singing in the shower or just reverberating off the tiles? I mean, honestly, I probably could have done both, taking a shower and getting my recording done. How about you, Tom? Um, yeah, we. I would record in my closet um, where there was no sound and it was away from the street. Um, we also had to record video of us essentially lip syncing to the music in the background and the creative ways to stack a phone on top of books and balance it against like anything that's vertical to make sure your phone doesn't fall over, uh, investing in ring lights, all the things that we had to, to learn that uh, are a part of stage production. Um, and one thing that I thought from the beginning, though I, I say it in jest, is that when you hear your voice back by itself with no recording, um, it's a, it makes you feel a little insecure and was wondering at the beginning of this whole thing as if it was a, a test to see what our vocal performance was um, and made us all question how we got into this chorus in the first place. But once you blend it with 299 other voices, it sounds great. So the chorus makes you sing in a closet, which metaphorically feels kind of challenging. Yeah, good times. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about your respective histories with the chorus. When did you join? What do you sing? Yeah, so I joined in January of 2015. Um, I have been an upper baritone throughout my time in the chorus. Um, I have had the great pleasure of serving as the chorus president for the past three years, and as well as co-chairing our 2017 Lavender Pen Tour with uh, our vice president, uh, Dave Hayes. 
So I joined the course in January of 2018, got myself involved pretty quickly. For example, joining the leadership team with Tom, being part of our divas, which are our drag group who fundraises for our financial assistance network. Also being a section leader of a lower basis. In one of the small ensembles. Oh yeah, in one of the small ensembles, Homophonics, which is an acapella group. That's the newest one, right? Yeah, 2015, that one was started. The chorus has basically canceled most of its season. Season 43 is... Yeah, season 43 was all virtual. So we, um, in April 2020, when everybody pivoted to doing everything virtual, we decided to move both our fundraisers as well as our showcases to the virtual platform. Um, So we were still able to do our Christmas Eve shows. We were still able to put out uh, a pride showcase and do our annual fundraiser crescendo uh, for a second year in a row of doing it virtually. But we do have our first uh, modified rehearsal um, happening on September 7th, uh, where some folks will be joining virtually and some folks will be singing in person. And then uh, in earnest, kicking off some in-person rehearsing on Uh, September 13th and the 20th. It's very exciting. It's impossible to discuss the chorus's work without acknowledging an incident earlier this summer where a tongue-in-cheek video that the chorus made caused an absolute uproar among queerphobic commentators and the online right, leading to death threats, doxing, and the involvement of the FBI. Now, I am not asking you to relive your trauma for our benefit, But the chorus has been quite candid about the experience, and the video, which had been taken down, is once again viewable. I'm sure that was pretty scary. Yeah, I I won't speak for Ashton and and her experience, but um, I will say as a member, it shook you for knowing that that energy exists out in the universe in the same universe that exists our incredible amount of support, love, and solidarity that we got. Um, from the community. So to reconcile those two things, I would say was difficult. But at the same time, I think it was a sobering moment for a lot of us uh, and reminded us that much like our ancestors and folks that started the chorus in the first place who faced trauma, harassment, and other uh, cultural pressure that many of us don't uh, have to be subjected to today, uh, were resilient in those times as well. And um, to summon that uh, energy from from those folks, I think, was something that was very present for a lot of us. More uniquely for a lot of members in the organization whose information was put out, uh, whose names were dragged uh, extremely unfairly and uh, inappropriately compared to uh, to other members. I think it was something that rallied a lot of us around each other um, and rallied the community around all of us. So we'll say that. I spent some time in the beginning when it first happened, kind of thinking about myself, worried about myself because I did not actually participate in that project, but I still worried my name was out there and what could happen. But after some kind of internal dialogue, I was really able to think, I have a whole group of people that we're with here together. We have each other. And also I'm a confident person. What they say, and can do can be can be really uh, pretty uh, harmful, but at the same time, like I want to own it and say, yeah, this happened. We did this, and we're proud of it. And it's true. Like that is your problem, how you feel. But I'm secure in who I am, and I'm moving forward with the world. And to to clarify too, the the script or the lyrics that folks were so hung up on 
is to say that we will convert your children to being kind and fair and to love their neighbor. The twisted and rather horrifically ironic nature of which folks latched onto the conversion conversation, let's not even get to uh, conversion therapy, of that trope of queer people in general is one that's familiar um, and hence the tongue-in-cheekness of the song. Uh, but again, it just was the flagrant reminder of the non-San Francisco Bay Area bubble that that exists out there. Yeah, I mean, of course, it goes without saying that better that this reaction had not happened. But it, from what you're saying, it sounds like there was at least a slight positive consequence in that it brought everybody who's involved in the chorus together a little more closely to work. Yeah, fair assessment. As the understanding of gender and sexuality evolve, in a lot of cases... LGBTQ organizations that are specifically geared toward men or male-identified people have kind of become, if not necessarily problematic, then start to have you know a faint wisp of anachronism about them. But for something like a chorus, which depends on voices that are in a male register for the whole thing to hang together, it seems like there might be a legitimate artistic basis for that. However, not everyone involved in the chorus is a cis male or identifies as male. Has the chorus taken greater steps to ensure inclusivity and make sure that people feel welcome? Yeah. So the one thing that has actually happened was we are now allowing anyone who can sing in the tenor baritone bass range to join us, whether you are a trans woman, a trans femme person, a cis woman, as long as you can sing in our range, you're welcome to join us. Personally, I actually joined the chorus identifying as a cis man. I started doing the work after I joined the chorus to learn more about my identity. And as I've evolved and get to where I am today, identified as a trans feminine non-binary person, I was kind of like, I am in this space and I want to see myself in this space for long term and to see people like me in this space. I think we're all valid. What's wrong if you can sing the range, but you might not identify with the gay men's chorus. And I think it's just a great step forward to show inclusivity and to show that the gender norms of having a male chorus, a woman chorus, is just not valid. There's no such thing as a man's voice or a woman's voice. There are high voices and middle voices and low voices, but we should stop thinking it as you have a male voice or you have a woman's voice. I love that. And also from one kind of later in life envy to maybe another, congrats, like all about it. I'm here for you. Thank you. I know it only took me 30 years, but you know what? It doesn't matter how long it takes. I made it there. To interject just quickly, I really want to commend Ashton for their leadership in this space. Um, it is so incredibly important for folks who are transgender nonconforming to be empowered in positions of leadership, particularly in the binary constructs of our LGBTQ community to make sure that, to her point earlier, when we had this discussion about changing the bylaws from uh, male identifying singer to singer who sings within the TT, meaning tenor, tenor, and BB bass baritone range, that she stepped up and said, trans and gender non-conforming folks have always been a part of this chorus. And it is about time that they feel included and that they belong in this chorus. So I just want to commend her for her leadership and stepping out and making this incredible change for the organization. Um, without, you know, asking for like a strict enumeration, approximately how many members of the 300 would you say identify as other than a cis gay man? 
That is a great question. One of which, because of our uh, most recent registration that just went out uh, for, for our active members and for the auditionees who will be coming on board, uh, the questions to the specific um, data points that you're asking, uh, we'll be able to glean from that. So from folks of their sexual orientation, as well as their gender identity, we'll be able to, um, to know more soon. That sounds kind of exciting. Yeah, very much so. So Dr. Tim Selig announced his departure as artistic director and conductor. He's been there a very long time. I've interviewed him a number of times. He is pretty much as delightful of a chatterbox as you'll ever meet. But what does it mean for the chorus that he's leaving? Well, both Ashton and I serve on the artistic director search committee. Um, so it has been an incredible privilege to have that close of an eye to what the future next step of the organization um, will be. Um, I will say uh, Tim's leadership of this organization has changed the it, it, he joined before I had joined. But from what I've learned from uh, from members who were on in the chorus prior to him joining the transformation of the organization into the professional volunteer choral organization that it is is profound and his ability as you said to just riff with the crowd and entertain folks is is truly bar none to the next phase of what it means i think the individual that comes on uh, as artistic director after this has some proverbial big shoes to fill uh with this person and much in the same way that the legacy of previous members and previous artistic directors and executive directors, uh, I have no doubt that whomever we choose um, to be the next artistic director is going to continue Tim's legacy of artistic excellence. To Tom's point about how Tim has really grown this organization, to have people come in and feel comfortable being themselves. Someone comes in, they say, I love singing with this person. What a great director also has created this community who wants to be there as well but everyone has just been, done a great job of like being accepting of each other and just being there we're here to sing join us be with us let me ask you how is your involvement in the chorus intertwined with any lgbtq activism that you might also undertake let's start with tom because there may be a more direct connection for you yeah, I um, I say this to anybody who would listen. I came out three times in my life to myself, to my friends and my family. And when I joined the SF Gaiman's Chorus, the legacy that we are uh, privileged to enjoy of folks who, uh, like I said before, have summoned courage, unlike any that many of us will, will ever need to, um, you're immediately inducted into that legacy. And you have this grand opportunity to project that out into the world. Uh, for all of the future Toms and Ashtons to come through uh, to get that feeling. Um, so it's impossible to divorce what your experience is to what the future of activism in the LGBTQ community is. We have such an incredible cross-section of people from age diversity to HIV status to immigration status, et cetera, that you learn that injustice is not singular to any one marginalized community, and it is our responsibility as folks to make sure that we're looking at every injustice around the world to seek out avenues of how we can be uh, of help to that. One thing that I've actually really uh, have enjoyed through my journey in the chorus is participating in our rhythm program, which is our reaching you through music. And I'm one of the storytellers and I actually get to go in and share my journey. I might not hear what the impact is in, of the audience, but just knowing that this story could impact one person out of however many may hear my story is just so valuable because 
maybe that person won't have to wait till they're 30 years old to finally accept and understand who they are. They can see that they can be strong in who they are. They can find their community and they can say, this is who I am and really get to live their authentic lives as early as they can. Since the National LGBTQ Center for the Arts is basically a block away from Martunis, the recently reopened quasi-queer piano bar, do you, either personally or through the chorus, have any relationship with Martunis? I mean, a lot of the folks who, uh, after spending three hours of rehearsing from 7 to 10 on a Monday evening and just have not had enough singing, are known to traipse down the street and uh, sing a tune at Martini's. So you can definitely find choral singers there on Mondays or on Wednesdays. Um, and as far as uh, popping in at any other throughout uh, any day throughout the week, I also would not be shocked to find chorus members there as well. <laughs> but do you go? I have been. I have been known to enjoy a martini at Martini's, um, but I have not been known to step up to the microphone. I haven't summoned the courage for that one just yet. Interesting. Yeah, I find that to be the most intimidating karaoke atmosphere of all. And to know that people who are actually in the chorus feel the same way makes me feel a little better about my cowardice. <laughs> How about you, Ashton? I will go along if, uh, for example, my small ensemble homophonics after rehearsal might say, hey, we're going to go to Martunis. I will sit back. I will drink a mock martini enjoy the performances, but I myself will never get up there. I don't consider myself a solo singer. I consider myself an ensemble singer, and I'm happy with that. I want to thank you both so much. This has been really delightful. Same. Thank, thank you for having you. us. This has been The Queerness, a production of San Francisco Pride, conceived and co-produced by my hardworking colleagues, Chris and RJB, and our much-missed former colleague, Shannon. Our wonderful guests on this episode were Tom Polino and Ashton Novella of the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. Our theme music was composed by La Frida. We strongly encourage you to like and subscribe to us, which helps increase the queerness's visibility on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other platforms, because you know we're all about queer visibility around here. I'm your sickening host, Peter Astrid Kane, reminding you to be safe, but stay dangerous. See you next time.